In this week's episode, let's discuss why no one can ever admit they're wrong. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Season 5 of Communication Junkie. My name is Steve Fuller, and I'm your host. This is the first episode of the fifth season, and it's going to be one of my favorite episodes I've ever recorded because I'm going to talk about one of my favorite communication phenomena. It's from a book called Influence, The Psychology of Persuasion, written by Joseph Cialdini. In the book, Cialdini discusses six weapons of influence. Some seem obvious, like scarcity. When people believe something is scarce, they want it more. When there's only one item left on Amazon, you want to get it in your cart as soon as possible. From Cabbage Patch Dolls, Beanie Babies, Tickle Me Elmo, and Holiday Barbie, to recent releases of the new PlayStation, Xbox, and Switch, we all want what we can't have. But one of Cialdini's weapons surprised me when I first read his book back in college. I had never really thought about it before because on the surface it makes no sense. To illustrate, I'm going to tell a quick story. Back in 1987, a man named Michael Trevesser left his job as a Seventh-day Adventist pastor to begin a new spiritual movement called Lord of Our Righteousness Church. Over the next 20 years, the church grew into a cult that plateaued at around 60 people, some men, but mostly women and teenage girls. Not surprisingly, Michael did two things that almost all cult leaders do. First, lucky for him, God gave him instructions that he should sleep with all of the women, including some of the wives and teenagers. Funny how God always wants these old white male cult leaders to have lots of sex. Seems super convenient for them, but who am I to question God? Second, like all cult leaders, Michael predicted the end of the world. The fateful day would be October 31st, 2007. I give him bonus points for choosing Halloween. What a perfect day for the world to end. But if you're listening to this, you probably already know the world didn't end in 2007. At least I don't think so. It's possible the world did end and we're all stuck in hell right now. After living through 2020 and being a Cincinnati sports fan my entire life, that does kind of make sense. I watched a fascinating documentary about Michael's cult. Filmmaker Ben Anthony was given exclusive access to the group in the days leading up to October 31st, 2007. He recorded chilling interviews with its members. They all seemed, well, no offense, but they all seemed pretty weird. But they believed in Michael and they were convinced the world was going to end. Ben Anthony was not given access to the cult on the night of October 31st, but he did position himself outside their compound to see what would happen when the world didn't end. Midnight came and went. The world kept on spinning. But shortly after midnight, Anthony heard voices and saw lights. The entire group was marching together, carrying candles, singing, laughing, and cheering, hip hip hooray over and over again. They weren't sad or angry that the prediction was wrong. They were giddy. And not because they were still alive, but because they still believed. No one went running home. Everyone walked back into the compound and continued following Michael. I immediately thought, what are you doing? You're having sex with a 66-year-old man, and you just discovered that man is full of shit. And instead of getting the hell out of there, you're even more excited now? You're even more committed now? This phenomenon is what Robert Cialdini calls commitment and consistency. No one wants to be wrong. No one wants to be thought of as stupid or gullible or easily manipulated. We want to be right. We want to be smart. So when we make commitments, we are likely to continue those commitments, even if there is evidence that our commitment is foolish. 
In fact, not only do we continue that commitment, but we often double down. We give more money, more time, more energy. We argue harder. We get angrier and more defensive. Anything to save us the humiliation of being wrong. I mean, just imagine if you left your friends and family behind to go live in a New Mexico commune and have sex with an old man, and everyone you know begged you not to go, begged you to stay home, told you how crazy it was. And you're like, no, this guy's the real deal. The world is seriously going to end on October 31st, and we're all going to be saved. And then you wake up on November 1st, and nothing happened. Your brain would explode if it tried to process how wrong you were. So instead of admitting to ourselves and others that we were incredibly foolish, we double down. We go all in. Michael just got the date wrong, but of course everything else he said is true. Imagine if it weren't. I've been thinking a lot about commitment and consistency as it relates to our daily lives, but specifically about politics. The reality is that whether you voted for him or not, Donald Trump's presidency has ruined many interpersonal relationships. I personally have some friendships on life support because we constantly argued about Trump over the past four years, specifically in 2020. Luckily, my dad shares my views, but I have friends who may never fully heal relationships with their fathers because of Donald Trump. I always thought someday something would happen. Trump would go too far, tweet something too ridiculous, do something too dangerous and then they'd all see the light. But every single time I thought I had the smoking gun, my MAGA friends and family doubled down. And then the attack on the Capitol happened. That had to be it. Donald Trump invited his followers to Washington, D.C. He lied to them about a rigged election. He told them they would never take back America with weakness. He threw his vice president under the bus. Surely they would admit what I had known all along about Donald Trump. But they didn't. Very few of his supporters did. And to be honest, I blame myself. No one wants to feel small. No one wants to feel foolish. No one wants to be wrong. I spent four years implying that some of my friends and family were stupid for supporting Trump. I even said it out loud a few times. Why would they ever admit I was right? Why would anyone want to give an asshole like me that satisfaction? We need to create spaces for people to admit mistakes without making them feel stupid for those mistakes. If one of those teenage girls returned home after the world didn't end and her family spent weeks saying I told you so, why would she ever admit another mistake? Instead, just double down and avoid the shame. I'm not telling you how to act online or how to respond to politicians, but I am urging everyone, me included, to reconsider how we treat friends and family who disagree with us. Even when those disagreements involve massive issues like racism, sexism, homophobia, etc., I know you want to yell at them and call them stupid. Trust me, I've been down that road. But it never solves anything. It never changes anyone's mind. It only makes people dig in deeper. It makes you feel like crap. And it ruins relationships. Perhaps giving people a safe space they can return to once they discover the truth is a better way. Not condoning their beliefs. Not supporting their beliefs. But giving people an opportunity to change their beliefs. Or just keep arguing with everybody. It's up to you. Okay, that's all for this week. Special thanks to the band Randy for our theme song. Subscribe to Communication Junkie anywhere podcasts are found. Please rate the show while you're there. Positive ratings do help. Follow me on Twitter at FullSteve and at ComJunk. Please share this episode with friends and family if you found it meaningful. As always, thanks so much for listening. Until next week, be good. 